The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who fall away. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And good day, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers are in the house saying anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, and see the face that's made for radio, head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And you'll see two videos at the top of the screen. The one on the left is Bradley's show from yesterday. So if you missed that, uh, I think he got in there just a little bit late. Uh, he had something going on. He got a little late. But uh, his show is, is up there until 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern this afternoon, at which time he'll be live in that little area right there. And then on the right side of the page is where we're at. All you got to do is click on that uh, green play button, blow it up on whatever device you've got, and then look in the bottom right-hand corner. There'll be a rumble icon. Click on that, and that'll take you over into the chat on Rumble. We are streaming live to Rumble at Sons of Liberty Radio Live. 
We're also on BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page there. DLive.tv at The Sons of Liberty. We're on a number of Facebook pages that bear my name. Also, Twitch at Real Tim Brown. Uh, Twitter at The Real Tim Brow. Leave off the end, put a two there, and you're good to go. The Real Tim Brow 2 on Twitter. We're streaming to all those outlets, but if you ever miss one of them, you can come over here to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, top of the page, right side, and uh, you can always join us there. Also, little little new thing. I don't know how you guys are liking it over there. Some of you seem like you liked it the other day when I mentioned it. On all of our platforms except for Rumble, because Rumble uses a special kind of stream key that, that goes in there. The other one's set up automatically, and I don't know why it doesn't do this, but Rumble doesn't get everybody's chat, and nobody sees your chat unless you're on Rumble. But all the other outlets, you guys should be seeing the cross posts of everybody's comments, which is really good because then you were opening up so that some of you who get in different rooms, you're kind of bummed out that... The person who, you know, all the people who are normally in the room you're in or on the channel you're on uh, aren't there. They're somewhere else. They move somewhere else for whatever. So the, all those chats are going to all of the different um, uh, outlets that we're streaming to. So that's a that's a plus for you guys, I, I think. Um, so let me know how that goes in the comments or how it's been going the past couple of days. Also, right up under where we're streaming live is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. Um, you get one of those a day. It comes between 7 and 8 Eastern. And then if you want our ministry email, go to sonsoflibertyradio.com. You can sign up on the front page. And then finally, if you agree with our message, you'd like to help keep us out there with that message, uh, there's a donate button at the top of sonsoflibertymedia.com. Click on that, make a one-time donation. Or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty. And we really do appreciate you guys very, very much. Now, I've got one video I'm going to play. It's very short, uh, less than two minutes, I think. I found this interesting. Um... Naomi Wolf, you guys know who she is, and, um, you know, like anybody out there, I kind of just hold everybody at a distance, um, because I, if I'm not mistaken, this was a lady covering the Clintons and stuff before, in a good in a good light, and, uh, of course, we know the Clintons had a lot to do with uh, um, what we're seeing now with CPS as well, but um, she was on, and she was talking about lawsuits involving human trafficking. One of the issues she brought up going to see if I can do this without vaccine. Okay, let's just do that. And uh, one of the things that she brought up was that Yale is involved in human trafficking. If Yale's doing it, you know some of the other universities and colleges are involved in that as well. We're going to we're going to talk, talk a little bit about that today, but here is uh Naomi Wolf talking about Yale and human trafficking. Take a listen. And uh, astonishingly, the faculty and the staff at Yale, which I assume includes the administration, are not being mandated to take the bivalent booster. So just the students, just the undergraduates are being forced to do this in order simply to resume how could, their how could that be? How could, but how could, how could that be? How could that possibly be, ma'am? Well, I said in my speech that I hadn't um, looked for the the money trail for Yale, but from having seen the money trail in all these other major institutions that have been taken over and co-opted in our country and seeing these billions flowing from HHS to subvert our media, to subvert our uh, influencers, to subvert trusted messengers, religious organizations, I was sure we would find um, money behind this stunning, shocking, unlawful uh, coercion 
um, playing out on the bodies of students, helpless students. And by the way, it's not like they're getting their their $60,000 tuition money back if they refuse to take the bivalent booster. They'll just be sent home and another lucrative student will be slotted into their place. So it's straight up fraud, as well as other crimes I'm going to get to. But um, we we did, I, the numbers were brought to me by the world's best intel guy, Brian O'Shea, uh, both from the TAGGS site, which is a U.S. government um, funding tracking site for government grants, and also from Yale's own websites and the Yale Daily News. And basically, basically Yale's engaging in human trafficking. And what I mean is they're accepting sums of money that are literally astonishing, like literally larger than some countries' okay. gross domestic <laughs> Hang on, we're gonna take a sh we're gonna take a short break. We're gonna hold for the dramatic okay. pause to come back and give the numbers in Naomi. All right, so this is uh, Bannon's war room thing, and there is a longer version, about twenty minutes or so. We'll throw that in the archive of where she's talking about the lawsuits dealing with the human trafficking and things of this nature. By the way, the Yale paper she's talking about, the girl who was editing that NewsGuard had. Um, acquired her services to talk to me about the the website I used to run, Freedom Outpost. And she said, well, here's all the things that we have, you know, that you have to meet this criteria to get our little green badge. And I did some homework on her and what was going on at the Yale site. And I said, well, wait a minute. The site that you're the editor at over at Yale, it doesn't even meet these standards. And I pointed them out to her and she goes, well, this is what we put up. I said, so you guys self-appoint yourselves as fact checkers and the determiners of truth and who really meets the standard, but you, you you people aren't even meeting the standard on your own sites. I said, I'm not interested in dealing with you. It's a joke to me, even though they have a lot of money and they have a lot of influence on websites and that and things of that nature. But just to, just so you understand that kind of stuff. All right, so this is going to be part two. We picked up, we had uh, Anna Elliott on with us last Thursday for two hours. So if you missed that show, we're going to have that archived. And uh, we kind of had her as this image of the silhouette because we couldn't get her on, on video. She was calling in. But this morning we have her live and in person. Uh, my privilege to welcome back to the Sons of Liberty, Ann Elliott. Hey, Ann, good to see you. Good morning. Good morning. Happy to be on your program again this morning. Yeah, it's great to have you. you. And the reason I wanted to have you back a second time was we have a contributor. People know her as Suzanne Hamner. Her real name's Joni. And uh, you guys see her in the chat. And she had sent an email. Now, I think I got that forwarded over to you. And yes. um, she had several questions. And I thought, well, this is enough that we probably could fill up a whole show with somebody from the inside. You you work on in CPS in New York City, and mm -hmm. uh, you shared a lot of, of things of what's going on there. There are several questions that we want to talk about this morning. And the first one I want to do is I want to ask you, how is the educate? Because we just did our Wednesday show is about what we call education. It's really indoctrination. We're talking about public schools. They're indoctrination centers. How, what is the effect of CPS and the public schools? Are they working hand in hand to traffic children, uh, to do other things, to obtain money, I, whatever else? I want to, I want to throw that out at you and see what you've seen as somebody who's been on the inside for what, 25 years, I think you said? 20, yes, 25 years. Okay. Um, what we have to understand is the trafficking of children. We have to know, understand the why of the trafficking of children. Um, 
from working on the inside and having, you know, the ability to work with other um, agencies, um, police department, uh, whenever there's some kind of investigation, uh, the schools, the hospitals, um, you have to understand that this is a very wide and vast network of um, child trafficking that is taking place. Yes, the school are in collusion, the police department, any um, agency that is connected uh, to the child welfare system, the health and human resources, which is the major umbrella of the child welfare system, all of that is interconnected, intertwined, and is all part of this whole trafficking machinery of children. We have to understand that the why of taking children is just not, you know, a couple of corrupt people that are doing some very mean things. We're talking about an industry. We're talking about an empire. We're talking about a shadow government headed up by Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama. Um, so what we are seeing face-wide in terms of the Biden administration, we're just seeing the front guy. He's just a sitting duck. That government behind him is in charge of all uh, the child trafficking that is going across the board in agencies. When we look at an agency or let's, uh, well, let's say Balenci Balenciaga, um, that was just exposed for um, child sexual abuse, child ritual abuse uh, based on their ads. Now, when I look at the media, a lot of them are saying this is happening because they're doing it for profit. Um, it's not so much for profit also, they're saying to us, uh, the good people, uh, in your face, we are the Satanist, we are the cannibals, we are the pedophiles, we are uh, traumatizing your children, we're stealing your children, we're abusing your children. And this is just an affront way of saying, yes, this is who we are and this is what we're doing. And so even in my last, uh, the program last week, when I talk about it is the people that is going to have to take a stand. This is what we saw happening with Balenciaga. People are coming forward. Mothers are protesting. They're burning their products. To me, I'm just saying the house of Balenciaga is now on fire because now there is a backlash of, you know, the, the people, voices that are being heard. Yes, the school is involved. I've had uh, children in a foster home that could have been discharged except the school... Um, you know, write letters about the child's behavior and, you know, uh, question whether the children were ready to go back home. They need treatment. And and so this is a way of delaying that whole process. The whole mental health piece, again, I've seen mental health is not a reason to keep anybody's child in foster care. I agree. Yep. Mental health is never and has been a reason, and that's been the law in the family court. It is never a reason for a child not to be re returned to the parent, and in some case, not to be removed from the parent. But what we are seeing now is a trend where mental health is also now being weaponized against parents in an effort to take these children. 
And so when we look at it, we're talking about, yes, this is a profit-making machine, but more so than ever, we have to understand this is a loose, you know, I'm not sure if your audience is familiar with Jesse Zaboda, but she talks about the Luciferian Brotherhood being trained in that. Part of that is satanic ritual sacrifice, satanic ritual abuse of children. The children has to come from somewhere. Now, pre-Hillary, um, we had they had breeders in the Luciferian Brotherhood. And these breeders were women who have children for the sole purpose of sacrificing uh, their babies and their children. I listened to Tim Taylor's um, program last week, and I was horrified at what I was hearing what happened to him um believable yes but horrified that yeah. this is happening to this level and so when he talked about the children's mother uh and her mother being a kgb you know a kgb terrorist or abuser of whatever you know it all goes back to the bloodline of these children and this system believing that these two boys belong to them based on that luciferian bloodline and so um, when we talk about the hospitals, there is something that's called EPIC, which is uh, straight across the board, not just nationally, but globally. And even the blood work of children are being taken. And once the Luciferians and once the Brotherhood um, go into the blood type and the genealogy and the ancestry uh, to find out who their ch these children are, they want the brightest and they want the best. And these are the children that they often go after in the child welfare system. And once they take these children, they begin to categorize them. Um, the babies are used for one purpose. Um, the toddlers are used for another purpose. The middle-aged children are used for another purpose. And the older children are using for another. But it all goes back to this satanic ritual abuse, sacrifice, and killing of children. You could go on Ted Gunderson's website to get more information about that because he was involved in the uh, FBI. He was entrenched in the middle of that. He exposed all of that. Uh, the CIA, how the CIA is involved in trafficking and, and sacrificial uh, ritual abuse and sacrifice of children, um, how the FBI is involved in it, how the Department of Justice is involved in it. Hospitals, yes, very much involved in it. Um, the school system, public education, yes, very involved in it. This is why the FBI is now criminalizing uh, parents and uh, Garland Merrick. Can 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 you hold that thought just a second? I want people yes. to get that part right there. This is why they're not criminalizing parents. They don't bring charges against them. They take them through administrative law. Same stuff that mm. they're claiming when they go when you go through the airport and they rummage through your stuff. They violate the Fourth Amendment all over the place. The Fifth Amendment in some cases, and uh, they're doing all that. Can you explain to people what goes on? Just real quickly for clarification, what goes on in CPS when a when parents are found, and you can tell me the term, they may use something different up there. I thought they used affirmative down here. That was their term for guilty, but they can't say guilty because they're not charging you criminally. So they manipulate you through this quote-unquote administrative law. It's not real law. It works under the color mm -hmm. of law. Can you explain to them what happens to a parent and why they're not criminally charged? Well, um, criminal cases go to criminal court 
family court cases go to family court. Um, so some of the family court cases, uh, based on the level of what the parents are being charged with or someone else, then the cases will run concurrent, criminal and family court. Um, in the case of trying to legally take these children, um, everyone becomes complicit in that case. Tim talks about charges, you know, there are charges being brought against parent that does not even exist, except in the report of a CPS worker, because everyone is complicit on it. Now you have parents kicking, screaming, crying, um, that, you know, they're innocent. And yeah, many of them have been innocent and they are innocent. But because of the complicit nature of the corruption of what's taking place with legally taking these children, everyone becomes part of the cover-up. Everyone involved in the court system of the family court, even up to the appellate or even the Supreme Court level, are complicit in the crime and the criminal activity of taking children once they uh, come into the system. Okay, so so just to be clear, what's happening is they don't bring criminal charges because then that opens it up to peer review, so to speak, through a jury. It opens it up to the the um, uh, the the media to actually see and hear and go and investigate and things of that nature. Although I'm sure a lot of that, if they were to even bring it, a lot of it would be sort of sealed because it's dealing with underage children. But the fact of the matter is they want to keep it sort of within the family, and I'm not saying that as a pun. They want to keep it in the family so that they can control the narrative, so they can do all that kind of stuff, and they can make it much easier to take those kids. Am, am I missing something there? Yeah, I mean, the family court dif uh, operates different from criminal court. If you want to see a, a case uh, open, you have to go to, uh, in my state, is Albany, right? You have to request the hearing and, and, and everything from Albany to reopen the case. And that can only be requested by family or the pertinent parties in the case. So it's not as public uh, in the public domain as it might be in uh, a criminal court. You can go up online and bring up a lot of criminal cases by going into you know New York courts or their dockets there you know, um, online for a lot of cases in whether civil court, family court, um, cases are not that open or that easily accessible um, without request. And so, yes, talking about that's a great way of saying, let's keep it within the family. And so a lot of times this is how family court get away with a lot of criminal activities. This is how they get away with a lot of criminal atrocities. I know for a fact that records are scrubbed. I know for a fact that documents are removed because it has happened in my own case. Documents that could help the parent is removed from when I hand over my documents for the mother's trial, right? My supervisor went in and she removed documents. Emails were removed. My emails were scrubbed. Uh, with dialogue or correspondence, maybe it was something favorable to the mother to say yes to the attorney. The mother did this. The mother completed that. Those emails are removed. 
right? So it will yep. uh, have a judgment against the mother once that hearing comes up in family court. I know because it happened on my cases. And this is something that I personally have been very uh, vocal about, very pushback about. Uh, there was an incident where, um, you know, I did a report. Uh, my supervisor, who was the go-to supervisor for trafficking children, uh, gave me specific orders that no court case, no report should be submitted without her review. Prior to that, you know, other agency was fine. Um, and so I did that, but she never gave those report back to me until maybe 10 minutes before I entered the courtroom. And I remember there was a specific case, the same case that they wanted this child. And so by the time that report was sent to me, it was totally rewritten by her against the mother. Wow. And so what happened is the mother's attorney came to me and said, Miss Elliot, this is not a court report. This is a personal attack on my client for her child not to be returned to her. And I'm getting ready to put you on the stand. And so I was brought on the stand because the mother had did some things that she was supposed to do, but my supervisor removed all of that out of the report. And so I was brought to the stand. And the most I could say is that under my supervisor's review, um, she she had interaction with the client and I could not respond to what was in the report because she had, you know, had written in her interaction with with the mother. And so that's the route I had to take. And then eventually they took me off the bench. But again, this was, again, a report that was being rigged to take the the, the children uh, from this mother. And so this is a type of thing that goes on in family court that goes on with CPS and goes on within the system. And these individuals, you're getting paid. They're getting paid. Um, I was listening to the to the piece there about Yale and human trafficking. It's happening also in colleges. Um, you know, Yale is where the bushes come from. Skull and bones. That's where it started. That's a satanic order sure. there at Yale. So anywhere you find this uh, satanic brotherhood um, in child welfare, I would call it the satanic Luciferian sisterhood because that's exactly what it is. And it is set up that way. And they are a network. Individuals like me, uh, Christ-loving, born-again believer, uh, they, I mean, I don't have it easy <laughs> in my profession to even stay there this long. Sure. And I know even now there is a push uh, to have me forced out. So I constantly have to keep beating them at their game. Um, I stayed in because I wanted to see how far, how wide and how deep and how far uh, this um, atrocity, criminalization of, of stealing children go. And so I am convinced today more than ever, as one of my colleagues says, and I've been offered to be a supervisor, I would never be a supervisor in child welfare because it is the same as selling your soul to the devil. And that's exactly what it is. It is a corrupt system of a sisterhood um, that binds together in criminal activities that cover their crimes um, against family, against mothers, against children. And our children 
We're, we're talking about children being safe in the hand of parents. Our children are not safe in the child welfare system. That, that's true. That's exactly true. They are not safe there. Okay, so that's basically covering a lot of where education's got, working hand in glove with the, with the CPS and with the state there. What about churches? Now, you had you had previously worked for, what was it, Catholic, Catholic Guardian? Or Catholic something? Guardian. Okay, mm-hmm. so you worked with them. We know the history of the Roman Catholic Church is just one of, of perversion, not just of chil- with children, but uh, having the entire brothels, making nuns, prostitutes, all these kinds of things that have been documented through history. And then especially in the 20th and 21st century, we've heard it here. We had what? It was in Pennsylvania. We had like, I don't know. The cops were looking out for all for hundreds of priests who were uh, dealing with um, uh, with with children, molesting children. And we know there are thousands of reports across the world uh, that the the Pope is supposed to have been dealing with. Of course, he's not dealing with it because he had his own stuff years ago down in uh, uh, South America. I think it was uh, deal with with the dealing of children. What have you seen? And it, I know it isn't just in the Roman Catholic Church. I know there's some Protestant churches where there's some perversion going on. And if people find that hard to believe, just read Second Peter chapter two, where you see the false teachers. They're after money. They're after sexual favors. And um, <clears throat> so I know it's not just that. What do you see as far as churches? Do you see a regularity of business with churches and CPS in the state, or is that kind of a little more difficult to discover? It's hard to discover because they are so um, well concealed. Um, I do. There have been instances in the news of trafficking uh, through churches. Um, You know, this is a real, very, very real uh, scenario situation that happened to me. Um, One day I was in the field and there was two young men and another gentleman sitting there. And actually they were talking about um, building a church or starting a church, but this church was solely going to be started for some kind of criminal activity. And so, you know, one of the guys was saying, you know, I grew up in church, so uh, yeah, I, I would know how to preach. The man said, don't worry about, we will take care of all the suits. Give us what kind of a car you want to drive. Um, He said, you know, not too flashy because it may give us away. And so here were two guys and another gentleman discussing setting up a church for some kind of money laundering, drug trafficking uh, that was going to take place. And that was the first time that my eyes begin to be open to the fact that Um, Yeah, churches are involved. And it was gradually after that, I began to see in the news so-called pastors that were being charged for trafficking children through the churches. And so, as I said, child trafficking is a very interconnected interagency organization. No organization is exempt from trafficking children. It's a network that runs through businesses. It runs through industries, um, not just nationally, but also globally. Um, When I worked at Children's um, Catholic Guardian, um, I wasn't there for a full year um, because the individual, um, Janetta Rhodes, who I 
called the, you know, is the top of the pyramid chain of the child trafficking in uh, New York City. Uh, this is a lady who put out the hits on me. This is a lady who caused the agency to tell them who I am. This is the agent, the lady who strategized how to have me forced out without too much suspicious suspicion to blow their cover. This is a lady who tells them how to sabotage my work. This is a lady who the um, IT department technology, the computer uh, department gives my password. To, to have access to my progress notes, to be able to pull notes and, um, you know, anything that was criminal. She was the one who gave all the orders uh, of how I should be handled. And so when I went to Catholic Guardian, uh, as soon as she found out where I was, then she started her operation. And so because of her actions and the strategies that was taking place that was a cue to me and a red flag to say indeed this was also an operation where child was children were being trafficked and so um one of the things that she was able to do is to have payroll not even pay me for five pay period to force me out um and so it was after that i finally decided you know it was time for me to move on uh, from Catholic Guardian, but it is widely known uh, that the Pope is not who he claims to be. Sure, he's an um, antichrist. Child sacrifice have been taking place on the right there in the Vatican, in the basement of the Vatican, for hundreds of years, for centuries. Uh, you know, nuns have had babies, and those babies were satanically, ritually sacrificed. Um, so this is something that is prevalent. Um, there is a young lady that one of the organizations that I worked with and something that I posted, you know, often on my social uh, media uh, platform. And she reached out to me and she said, Anne, I was one of those children um, that was sacrificed. My father, uh, my mother uh, left me with my father. They wanted me. They bring charges of mental illness against my father at the age of three years old. I was brought into a foster uh, care system where I was raped repeatedly. She said, I remember four-year-old, five, six, seven. And she's, she spoke to many organizations. She's, I believe she's even been to Congress. Um, she said, I was raped. At night, they would come and they would wake us up and they will take us outside. And there were all these people in black robes in a circle and they would chant and they had candles and they would, we would all go in a room and we would be repeatedly raped. And she said, this went on from the age of, when I was three years old up until the age of eight year old. And then I was transitioned. Uh, they tried to transition me into prostitution. And so eventually as a teen, she was able to run away but not without them constantly pursuing her. And so uh, she was the one who encouraged me to really begin to go on these platforms. Um, so this is very real. It is in the foster care system. Um, there is no separation whatsoever uh, between the child trafficking uh, individuals of the church, child welfare, the hospitals, the FBI, police department, Department of Justice, and everyone on the tiers of even to the attorney general is very, very aware of this. The inspector generals that are supposed to investigate these cases 
are very, very aware of it. I sat with them for three hours. I told them what was going on. I told them, you know, what my experience is. They never followed up. They never called me. And when I called them, I never got a response. Same thing with the FBI. I followed up with them. They never called me back. They never returned calls. And this is what Tim Taylor said in his um in his in his interview with you. If you call into the FBI and said, I have information of a kidnapping, they're ready to jump on it. But if you say it's CPS, then they back off yeah. and they go cold. Yeah, let me let me let me ask you something about that. And we've got a question here in the chat too, and then we're gonna to get to the final thing here today. Uh, we're gonna to try to wrap up a little bit quickly. Um, yes. <clears throat> what what about Amber Alerts? Because I've heard, oh, we're trying to get it, you know, and, and a lot of people have theorized that these are parents who've had it with CPS trying to kidnap their chi their children. They get their children, and they're they're trying to get away from them, and so they put an Amber Alert on. They, they make them look like they're the bad guy. Now, I'm sure maybe there are some people who are like that, but do you have any experience in understanding whether or not that's actually a reality or not? You know, I could not, I cannot okay. speak to that um, currently. Um, but children going missing, I, I don't know how legitimate, you know, the whole, I, I would hope that it is. Um, but I've had cases where children go missing and there's no real yeah. searching for these children. Yeah. What do we have? What do we have? Was it Arizona? I'm not sure. Where they had, I mean, just a ton of children missing. I think yeah. they were in the thousands. And it's like nobody has an answer and nobody's held to account for it. Nobody Absolutely. nobody has any punishment coming to them for it. Okay, so <clears throat> I believe this is David. David, I hope that I'm mentioning you right. Gina's number one son, 69. I think his name's David. He says, I don't think the answer is, is what you think it is. He says, do you think this so-called COVID lockdown uh, where we where we would make more babies they could have ultimately I personally I don't think that um, because we're seeing with what they give with the shots we're seeing the fertility issues we're seeing the reproductive issues that are coming out so I don't think that's the issue but one thing that that it draws me towards Ann is asking were you seeing larger uh, numbers of children taken over the last maybe three years than you were prior. And I remember one lady did a thing. She said like within 30 seconds, she could take her little, her little girl, pull her into a dressing room, do a couple of things uh, with next to nothing and make that little girl look like a little boy and put the mask on their face so you couldn't see who they were and just walk them right out of the store. Like within 30 seconds, it was nothing. Uh, did, were you seeing larger numbers of children taken during the convids over the last three years? Yes. Um, since I, the, the years that I've been child uh, in child welfare, it has been overwhelmingly um, children coming up missing, children um, being taken. Um, one of the things, as, as in my the last time that I was on and I was out from work during COVID. But when I went back, there was a, a stronger security system into being able to access anyone's case. And so I was very hopeful. I was saying, okay, I've been vocal. I, I, I blast this on social media. So the commissioner who at the time knew who I was, knew how vocal I was, about my notes being taken, uh, being stolen, 
um, you know, put a more firm security ID system that only I can generate a number that gives me access to open and go into my system, except one of my colleagues called me and she said, and I resigned. I said, what happened? She said, my supervisor went into my system and she did a note um, and I was very upset about it. Uh, she tried to tell me that I wrote this and I told her I did not. It was under my name, but she did it. And I was concerned. I said, well, that's not supposed to happen. Now we have a more secure system that supervisors and, and our superiors are not able to get to our notes, to tamper with it or whatever. Um, she said, Anne, believe me, I resigned because this is what happened to me, right? So what I'm saying is the system um, has a front where things are not as what they seem to be. They're saying, this is secure, we're doing this to make a uh, child more safe, we're doing this, we're putting more services in the home, all of that hogwash. Nothing has changed. Children are still being stolen, at record numbers, children are being accountable for, especially the unaccompanied minors. They are being stolen. They are being taken. They are being, some are not even being tracked um, in our system. They come into our cities and the, overnight, midnight, they're taken by these sponsors. They're not being tracked in the system. Nobody knows them. And so this is something where they're even being encouraged to come into this country as minors, not knowing that they're not coming here to the land of opportunity to help their families uh, get to a better life, but they're actually being coerced to come to this country so that they can be trafficked. Wow. Wow, that's just that's that's absolutely crazy. And and we've seen some of that. Now, <clears throat> I understand there's some people who are trafficking children and they're playing themselves off as family when they really aren't, but we've also seen where real families have come and they've they've separated them out from their children. And <clears throat> I have a real problem with that. Some people want to get really bad on that and say, "Well, you shouldn't be doing this." Well, some people are actually looking for a better way of life. They're, they're, mm -hmm. I, I don't blame people for that. But other people have more nefarious reasons why they're crossing that border, and that's that should be an issue that we should take serious. But, man, if these people are doing this, I remember, uh, when was it, 2014 or so, when they had, remember that big caravan that hit the border? And then yes. it, came, it came out that DHS mm -hmm. knew, like, months ahead they were expecting 60,000 kids. That's that's what they sixty thousand kids. As though sixty thousand kids are just going to travel all over Central America by themselves uh, and do that kind of stuff. And they were more than willing to have them. You have to ask what was the intention they have. And if you see this, if you understand what's going on here, this makes perfect sense as to why they're doing what they're doing. So I got I got one more question that I want to bring up, and that is over the past few years, we have. Um, we have seen this push by a variety of people for parental rights amendments. And everybody think, when you hear that, you think, oh, well, that's a good thing. It's, you're advocating for parental rights. Yeah, but like anything else, as soon as you give government a, a rope, they want to be a cowboy. <laughs> so you, you got, what you have to do is understand why do they even want the language of parental rights in the Constitution in the first place. And my, 
my gut tells me they want it in there so they can manipulate it just like they do the Second Amendment or the First Amendment, and they can kind of twist it and say, well, it doesn't really mean what it's just plainly saying. You, we, you have to understand how we're defining terms and blah, blah, blah. And I've said, stay away from that stuff. Reject it. I don't care if it's the best person you know pushing it. Reject that stuff. What are your thoughts on parental rights amendments, and how would that play into what's going on in CPS from, from your perspective? Um, parental right, you have to understand the court is about language and words. Um, you know, when you, when you look at, um, laws, um, it's always, um, separated by the language and by the words. Uh, and you are correct about, you know, all the manipulation, uh, that goes on in these rights amendments that we do have. This is why we have, um, you know, uh, legislator that is able to interpret the law and what it's um, what it is saying. So, you know, I'm still I'm still um, trying to grasp um, the language of it all and exactly what it means for parents, um, what it means for the court, what it means and how it's handled on that level. So I'm still, you know, trying to process uh, all of, you know, the, the amendments and the amendments rights. And it's always, there's always some kind of an angle to it. So it's a matter of understanding the language and being able to interpret what exactly is being said when it's in a court of law, not so much, you know, in late term language, because it's never about in late term language. It is always about the language of the court, the interpretation of what those laws are, what it means to parents, what it means, how is it handled in the court um, in case, you know, case by case situation, um, how it is used, how it is manipulated. And I've seen it um, be manipulated um, in one particular case that I was working with with a friend of mine in Pennsylvania. And so if parents even don't understand that language, yes, uh, some of these amendments are, can be manipulated easily uh, by attorneys, by the judge, by the court itself. Um, so it's a matter of understanding the language and how it's interpreted, it's been interpreted, how it will affect families, how it will affect um, the cases and also the mothers of, at large. So my thing is when I see these amendments, I'm reading uh, in between the lines of what it's really saying and how this is going to impact uh, the legal system, how it's going to be used or manipulated or not used uh, in terms of, you know, how it's going to affect our families and, our, and the cases that come through family court. Okay, but it seems to me you're kind of like I am. You you're going to look at this if they're putting this up and people are willing to embrace this. It's probably not a good thing for the people themselves. It's for it's a good thing for those who are in government at, at some level. They're going to benefit from this, or they're benefiting their handlers. Right. So this this is the the, the loophole of it that I'm trying to look at um, because being in the system, a lot of what I see um that takes place is is for the benefit of you know i'm like how is this a benefit to you know it's just like right now the new implementation of training staff heavily in child trafficking 
And so they've rolled out this whole thing for next year where we can go in and there's like 13 uh, videos on heavily training staff on child trafficking. But the youth, the 17-year-old girl that is out there prostitution, prostituting that the police is not following up on those cases, where is the program for the youth in the agencies that is talking about trafficking, that is teaching them how to avoid being trafficked, that is teaching them the red flag of who is a trafficker? Why isn't that being trickled down to them where we are more proactive that these youth, these teenage girls um, that are being forced into prostitution by these traffickers out there. Why? Because what the agencies are saying, see, look, we are training our staff heavily on trafficking, but yet they're being trained, but these are the same staff that are not doing their job. Mm that is causing these girls to be trafficking. There was a video that went viral of a CPS telling this girl to go out and prostitute, right? So the government, the smokescreen of it is all, of it all for CPS is, look, we're doing this and we're training our staff and we're sending them to seminars and we're doing all this to prevent all the trafficking. No, that's just a smokescreen. That's for the public to say, okay, they're on their job. They're doing something. No, 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 no. That's just a front. Um, that means absolutely nothing. They're still being trafficked. There's still prostitution going on in the foster home. Nothing has changed until they are really educated. They're not educating these teens. These teens are going off and they're prostituting themselves. The boys are selling themselves to these men uh, it, from the elite. They're getting thousands of dollars. They're coming back to, to the, the residents and they cannot even sit down because they are being tracked sex traffic out there and reaping money. Now, the agency knows that and they're not even addressing it with these youths. Yeah. And that's my concern. Yeah, well, it's, it seems to me it's because everybody's getting greased there as far as whatever well, money absolutely. is flowing um, there, you know, and even the CPS workers. Could you take a second and just kind of elaborate? We got about five minutes here. Can you elaborate a little bit about what is the benefit for the CPS worker who says, yeah, I'll go along with this or whatever and see that we take kids? Well, you get a padded paycheck. <laughs> you get a padded paycheck. You could be as sloppy as whatever you want to be with your work you will never get fired as long as you go with the program you will never get fired you will be covered for every atrocity you could plagiarize your work you could not do the work you will still have a job you have to be able to lie against a parent um so you have to do everything that the system requires you to do criminally for child to be taken and your reward and your incentive will be you have a job you will never be fired your position in that organization is secure the more corrupt you are the more criminal you are the quicker you move up the ladder because that's exactly you are exactly the kind of person they need at the top so the more corrupt you are the more criminalized you are you move up the rank easily because this is who they need uh, as supervisors and who they need as directors that are willing um, to
to to to you know be complicit with the crimes that take place in child welfare so that is the incentive for those who are willing to go along with the program do what it requires to steal these children to take these children to lie on the parents to lie on the mother to lie on families and work with the court system to be able to legally take these children um illegal i mean illegally take these children from their families okay all right and how many people would you say just in whatever office you have worked at and everything how many people would you say are of the mindset that you are in there if they're if they can just get all these uh you know evil wicked manipulated people that you can manipulate uh to do all this why would they keep people around like yourself um, I, to that, that's going to be a thorn in their side. Well, I mean, how many people like yourself are in there that you would know inside the system? Uh, actually, I'm not kept around by them. Um, I cannot even begin to tell you what my, my work day uh, looks like. Um, you have to be careful in terms of trying to fire someone like me because they know that I'm very smart and very astute. I get the work done, so it's not really easy to terminate me. Usually I go and I'm very quiet. But after a while, when the word gets out, it actually blows my mind, Tim, literally blows my mind. The vast network of corruption that is within the organization. Truthfully, my organization right now, I am watched. I know beyond the shadow of a doubt, I know for a fact, and I've only been there, what, seven, eight months, which is, a, which is, you know, just about the span, lifespan of for the last seven, eight years. Um, I know for a fact right now, they're figure, trying to figure out how to terminate me. Um, I have a wonderful manager who's a Christian also. And um, I've had a manager who was also a, a believer and she was they came down heavy on her and um she i i literally told her you know do what you have to do um i understand you have family you have a family i don't you know and so she had to move forward to terminate me because yeah. she was under a lot of pressure now you know there are departments that you can work in that is not foster care directed so these managers work in a department where the children were home right okay. but the fact that i was there in the system itself and they knew about me the, the principal parties outside knew about me and knew if i was there long enough i again would begin to gather information Okay, and no. hang, on, hang on, I'm going to let you finish just on the other side of, we're going to finish this out uh, just a couple of minutes over. I uh, thought we could get all that in, but I'm going to let you finish. Uh, SonsofLibertyMedia.com is where you can catch us before it's news.com, any of the others. Um, don't know if Bradley be with you. I think he's traveling today or whatever. You'll have an educational video there, and Lord willing, we'll see you in the morning, 6 a.m., bright and early. Adios. Okay, I want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio. And Ann, didn't mean to cut you off there. We're just right at the end. Want to get that music out of the way. So I want to let you finish your thought. We won't keep you a long time today like we did last week. But <laughs> if you want to finish your thought, please do so. Yeah, so it's not a matter of keeping me around. Um, it's a matter of, you know, I go in, I take my desk. I'm very quiet doing my work. Make sure I get it done. 
Um, you know, so by the time the principal parties begin to call and say, listen, this is who she is. You guys have to find a way to get rid of her. Now, you just cannot fire me for, and you know, I, I, I can file a lawsuit. I go to the Department of Labor. So they're trying to avoid a, a lawsuit. So they have to be very careful how they come at me. And I've been in situations where um, they have removed work, but because I print everything, they got caught being criminals. And so they had to now treat very carefully. So I'm very astute in, in how I go about this. Um, they knew, they know, you know, who I am, uh, even in the family courts, as I said the last time. So it's not a matter of me being kept in. I had to be very sharp because I wanted to know who was part of this system. And as I said, it blows my mind that even colleagues that I work with in the same space, in the same unit, were tape recording conversations they were having of me, um, were trying to bait me into certain conversation so they can have it recorded. Um, and these were be they were being paid. One person literally told me, confessed to me that all they did was give their bank account number and money was just shoveled in their account. Um, because they were being paid to spy on me and to report back on everything I was doing, any conversations that I was having, because they were trying to build. They knew I was eventually going to uh, go on a public uh, platform, so they wanted to be able to have uh, anything on me that they could find. So I had to make sure that nothing could be found. And so, you know, I've called, I've had to call managers on certain activities, which I did. And so, yeah, the incentive for those who are part of the program, uh, they get paid. Uh, their paycheck is padded. I've had a colleague who was part of the program when I find out. And um, I went out on a case, several cases of where I was asked to cover. And she wasn't even making visits to these homes three, four, five months. She was plagiarizing. When I brought that back to the organization, she was never fired. She's still working there at Catholic Guardian. And it's been like four years since that time. Um, so her, her case record is fully compromised, falsified, and um, she still has a job. Why? Because she's complicit with the criminal activities of the child welfare system. And she's getting heavily paid and compensated and covered for not doing her job um, as, a, as, as you know, because she's part of this program. She's willing to lie. She's willing to cover up. Um, she's willing to lie against even me if need be. Um, if, you know, whatever is needed uh, for me to be removed from the system. And so um, last year was going to be my last year after, you know, fully completing. I just finished my 25 years. And so the department that I'm in, I'm not directly with foster care right now. I just facilitate conferences with family, reviewing their service plan and giving them the necessary uh, resources. Um, these children are home. They're just having challenges in the home with them. And so we are servicing the home. So I'm not directly involved in foster care, um, but there's still a move and a push to have me removed because of what I know and because of what they still, the system doesn't want me to find out. But yes, everyone is complicit and across the board, the hospitals, the schools, 
um, all the agency interrelated in trafficking children. And it's part again of this whole, the why of it, it's not just money. It's part of this whole Luciferian empire to traumatize children, cannibalize children, pedophile children, um, you know, for, for a variety of satanic ritual abuse and ritual killings. And so um, being in the system for 25 years, this is something I stumbled on about um, 10 years ago. And it has just really, really shaken me up to the core that I said at some point, I want to be a voice on this issue to say someone on the inside, yes, I can corroborate. This is truly happening. Children are being taken and they're taken for any reason. They're take, being taken from reasons that are being made up and they're taken because uh, parents uh, don't, uh, a lot of CPS don't understand your role as a CPS is not punitive. Your role as a CPS is to go in there and help families not be punitive, not taking their children, not lying uh, on families to take their children illegally so they can be trafficked. And I'm here to say, yet, yes, it is going on and that it is the people's voice that is going to cause a pushback and hold the courts accountable uh, and everyone else involved in this atrocity against family and children. Yeah, this is, I, I tell you, and this is one of the reasons why it's one among many uh, that I'm for the dissolution of D.C. as we know it, to get rid of it. But we're going to have to start doing that in the states, too. It's, you know, when, when, the men, when the men have given up their, their authority, they've just given mm -hmm. it up um, for their own families. You know, I don't see anywhere in Scripture um, where we, where, where children are given to the state. They're, they're not. Mm -hmm. They're given to, to mom and dad. They're given to the man and the woman in the marriage relationship. And the Bible says that they're a heritage or they're a reward from the Lord. They're, they're something mm -hmm. for our future. They're a posterity. And so when the state in any way tries to say, oh, well, we need to help the families, it's not your job. And you always, they screw up everything that they put their hand to, even the stuff that, that has been delegated to them, they screw it up. So it's it's time for the people just to remove that and take back the authority we have. But before we can do that, we got to learn to govern ourselves. And mm -hmm. we've lost a lot of that. The church has given up, you know, where it should be functioning for the most part. And it's basically said, well, the state's taking care of it. If it's taking care of widows, well, we got Social Security. Well, if it's taking care of the poor, well, we got this program, the 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 EBT cards and all. We got everything to take care of that. The church doesn't have to do it anymore. And because the church hasn't done its job then mm. it's left that vacuum open and the beast is sure to swallow it up and say, we'll come in and do it and you can trust us because we're the government and we're here to help, right? And I think mm. there are probably some legitimate people within CPS who really want to help. My friend David Rosalata uh, wanted to go into that social work and mm -hmm. they wouldn't give him his, his degree because he wouldn't toe the Saul Alinsky line in college. So they, mm. they wouldn't do it. He said, everybody else is doing it. I was always bucking the system. So I know there are people who are in it who want to do the right thing. We do have a question in here for you. Um, uh, it, the chat moved really fast. Okay. One, uh, Sherry says, well, she gives a comment. I can't imagine going to work every day with a target on your back. God bless her for her courage and services. And then Georgia was asking, have you ever been personally approached to, hey, can you just change this up? Can you just kind of sweep this part under the rug? Can you... 
lose that comment or that report? Have you ever been actually approached? I mean, you've talked about people manipulating some of your work that you've done. Have you ever been approached to do it yourself? Yeah. Um, you know, I had situation where resources came forward uh, for the children. Resources are like family, grandma, auntie, cousin. And I was told not to enter that into the report. Because this particular child, they wanted to give away. And so if I entered that in the report, then the family, then then um, we would have to, you know, do, 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 do what we do, go to the home, meet the family, uh, speak to the family and said, OK, we found family, you know, let's put the child with the family. Um, I was told by my supervisor not to include that in the report. Don't put it in the report. And this was a wonderful grandmother, had her own house. Uh, wanted her grandson. And so I didn't I, I couldn't put it in the report because I was given an order. So I had to figure out a way. How am I going to have this come up in the courtroom? So when I went to the court and I saw the father of the, fa the, the child, basically, I told him, I said, listen, when at the end of the court, I want you to raise your hand in the courtroom. And when the judge asks you, what is it you wanted to say? You say your mother who lives in Atlanta, who has a house, would like to have your son with her. And then that will force the court to have me now contact the grandmother and, you know, begin the process of making her a resource for her grandchild. And so that's exactly what he did. And so the court, the judge on the bench, and he knew um, because that was a case where everyone knew they were taking this child. So they all knew I've had to have said this to the father because the, 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 the attorney for the child and the supervisor were in collusion to take this child. So when that happened, they knew that I told this to the father and immediately the attorney for the child gave me the most vicious look because she knew I told this to the father. And so the judge on the bench also lifted his eyes looked directly at me. And so everyone knew that I told the father to raise your hand and said, my grandmother is a viable resource for my grandson. And so the court now was forced to say to me, okay, Miss Elliot, reach out to the grandmother and let's see if we can get this child to the grandmother. And so, yes, it's, it's, it's just as overt as that. Nothing is hidden. Uh, it's very, very overt. Um, one of the things that was uh, my supervisor and I had another supervisor at Catholic Guardian and, you know, we, we, we used to talk about banking, me and my colleagues and which bank and banking fees. But every time there was supervision, um, he would always take the chase pen and put it right in front of me. Right. And that was a cue to get with the program, do what you know you're supposed to do and we'll bankroll you. And because I wouldn't do that, they did not pay me for five pay periods, right? So yep. they were taking money away from me that would could cause a lot. I could have gotten evicted, you know, couldn't pay my bills. And this went on for five pay periods. They were saying to me, come on board. We'll, we, we'll, we'll pad your paycheck. You will get more money than you realize. But because you're not doing that, and here we are now, we have a payroll that is also now in collusion with that operation not to pay me 
uh, for five pay period. And every pay period, it was another reason why I was not being paid. So these are some of the internal strategies that they use to penalize you, to become punitive, not to mention, uh, you know, they used to pull my notes. They know that doesn't work to write me up. So they will keep pulling notes and said, oh, I look in the system. You didn't enter this. You didn't enter that. But so everywhere I go now, I put in and I print. So they know that's a strategy that can no longer be used. Time sensitive emails. I print it. They know that that's a strategy that Amen. they cannot, yep. cannot use. So they yep. are very careful in how they will go about terminating me because they know um, what they don't want is a lawsuit because if it goes to court, what I'm saying on this platform is the reason why I will say I was being terminated because I refuse to be part of the criminal syndicate crime uh, family court, child welfare family. And this is why I was being punished. This is why I've been uh, penalized. I have documents to, so to show and back up some of the things that I'm saying. And um, basically that's, that, that's it. So they, they treat very, very softly uh, with me in the system um, because I've been vocal for so, so many years. And as I said, a lot of my jobs um, I go in by way of a temp agency. So it goes, the temp agency sends me over. They're meeting me for the first time. Oh, you have a lot of experience. Can you start Monday? I'm in Monday and, and, and I'm going. And by the time they configure me into the system, the principal parties that are forcing me out of child welfare said, oh, here she is. And so they call and they start the ball rolling to strategize how to force me out. Okay. Um, so this has been a trend that has been going on. Um, but I am hopeful that there will be many more like me that comes forward to talk about this. As I said the last time, certainly, if not on a platform as I'm on, to certainly do it anonymous. A lot of my friends, you know, they are good people, but they are in the minority. And most of them are like you and me, Tim, very, you know, we are Bible believing believers, um, yeah. you know, but the good guys are leaving and those who are not leaving are being forced out. And it's okay. happening on a daily, very daily basis okay. um, that this is happening. All right. In, now, in, I've in got history. I wasn't going to go here, but we've got people in two different chats that have made mention of this. And I don't know if you can actually speak to it, if you even have any um, thoughts on it or whatever, but I'm. I remember seeing a video, I think I probably got a couple of them, uh, on my Rumble channel, where they brought children into who you know were coming across the border illegally with parents or whatever. They brought them, we've seen them in Texas, we've seen it in New York as well, and that's why I was going to ask. But we've got Jackie on one of the Facebook pages, she says, I think all that money going to Ukraine is for human trafficking. Uh, and then we've got Hallett in Rumble. He goes, how many children from Ukraine are being trafficked? So I, if there's a question like that on these on different platforms, and these guys don't even know they wrote this because the Rumble doesn't transfer and, and vice versa. Have you seen anything out of that where you have maybe Ukrainian button, uh, buttons? I'm reading Scott's message to me. Ukrainian children being trafficked in over there at New York City. Or have you seen with your own eyes children from other countries uh, in New York City that are that are being trafficked that way as well? 
Uh, a vast bulk of the children that are being trafficked um, that I've seen in the system are coming from South America. Uh, most of them, the vast majority, are coming from uh, South America. And then there are uh, maybe nine agencies or so that are strategically um, responsible for these unaccompanied minors. And the people that work with these children, they're all bilingual, Hispanic. Uh, and then they're training them because, you know, for language purposes, you know, they get to speak with them. And so um, in New York City, the vast majority of the unaccompanied minors that comes in are, um, you know, bilingual. When, you know, this is like a Trojan horse uh, situation, you know, where in, in Greece, you're given a gift of this big, wonderful horse, but in the middle of it hidden is the enemy. And so this is the same thing with the trafficking and coming across the border. Yes, some of these people are coming for a better life, but in the middle of it, in the middle of this, there is there's this yeah. horrible, yeah. Uh, corrupt, underhanded uh, belly of the beast that is taking place. So we're saying people are coming in, they're getting jobs. You're here in America, land of the free, home of the brave, land of the opportunity. Uh, this country is a gift to them, but in the midst of these children coming through the border. There's something very sinister and evil uh, that is also taking place. And so it is well hidden and it's, it, it, you know, it's, it's a covert uh, operation. Now, as I cannot speak as to the Ukraine, but certainly this whole tri child trafficking is not just confined to CPS. It is a global machinery. What happened is CPS becomes the doorway it's like the ellis island right yeah yeah i get it <laughs> right where children are come through a system that appears to be legal appears to keeping children safe right so the child welfare system becomes the ellis island of bringing these children through the system into this country but they are being sent out to sex workers pedophiles, cannibals, Luciferians. A very small percentage of those children may be a legitimate move or placement for the purposes of covering their track. Incredible. Incredible. And not so much for the purpose of, oh, here, we're reuniting you with your family. Mm. It's so that they can cover their track and say, well, our numbers show that X amount of children were reunited with their family in their country, 20%. But where, what happened to the 80%? What happened to all those unaccounted for other children that came in and we don't know where they are? So uh, this system that of trafficking is not just a CPS uh, system. CPS is just like the Ellis Island of it all, whether it's coming in from Ukraine, South America, um, Haiti, um, you know, wherever these children are coming in from, uh, CPS is just the Ellis Island where it's done legally uh, to bring them in, uh, funnel them through a system and illegally um, snatch them and send them out into uh, a trafficking situation yeah wow yeah I, I it just blows my mind it really does 
that this goes on every day in our country. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure it's going on in, in South Carolina. I'm sure it is. I have not partaken in, in, in experiencing that to the extent of the things that you're talking about. But I, but I have experienced CPS being in my home every week for nine mm-hmm. months. Uh, the, the constant intimidation. Of course, there's ways that you can intimidate them back. Uh, put a camera up when they come into and they want to be in and out of your house as fast as they can when they see yeah. that. I do know that for sure. Um, but it, it's a constant thing. Even if they don't take your children, it's the stress that the parents constantly worry about. What are these people writing about me? What are they saying about me? You know, how, what are they going to manipulate and ask of me next? Am I even willing to give that? And and many parents with this happens, they have no experience of how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you go online, Ann, and you start looking up, okay, my my, my family's threatened by CPS, this, that, and the other, all these kinds of things. As soon as you go on there, it's enough to scare the daylights out of you. Because mm-hmm. there are so many horror stories. And you were on with my friend Jim, Northwest Liberty News. And um, Jim and I, Jim had, had covered, I, for a year or two straight, two or three shows a day, he was covering family after family after family after family. Not where they were just had a little incident or something, where their kids were taken. Where they weren't, mm-hmm. you know, one lady they chased, they they went all over the country and they arrested her in Montana, and it was just, oh, just some awful horror stories. Sounds like something that should be made into a movie, and you you just go, this just sounds surreal. How are they just taking children like this, and yet they've set up a system in which they're covering their tracks and they get corrupt people to be in office who will help them cover things that you're mm-hmm. pointing out here. So, and, and somebody has said, well, we need Ann to come back on like once a month and give us an update as to what's going on there. So we'll talk to Ann and see if she's got things that, you know, Ann, the show is open. The platform's open for you. If you have updates and things that you think the public needs to know, you're more than welcome. We'll get you on as soon as we can uh, to come on and give the people an update. I think, one, you give a great example of what we talk about and when we talk about fighting. Yeah, okay, we may not win that battle, but we're not going to go down quietly. We're going to fight that. We're going to stand up. And so you set an example for people to follow, and we really do appreciate that. There's a mm-hmm. lot of talkers and not enough doers, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So you do that. So we appreciate that very much. And uh, with that said, I'm going to close out the show. If you'll hang on, it takes me a couple of seconds after I shut down everything. I'll say goodbye to you off air. Guys, again, I, don't, I think Bradley's traveling today. Don't know uh, if he's on 3 o'clock this afternoon, Eastern Time, SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. If not, he'll have an educational video up, I'm sure. And then we'll be back with you in the morning, Lord willing, bright and early, 6 a.m. Talk to you then. See you.